0: Clare Means Business, a Clare FM exclusive
1: podcast with Josh Prenderville.
2: Hello there and you're very welcome along to this week's episode of Clare Means Business. I hope you've had a good week and yes, this is the last episode of the podcast of January. Soon the evenings will be getting that little bit brighter, so that's obviously something to look forward to. Now, later on, we're going to hear about the jobs market as the year begins and some of the industries that have produced strong results, and they really might surprise you. Now, however, many of you, particularly those with a sporting background or volunteering with clubs locally, will be familiar with Clubs App. Indeed, they hold partnerships with the likes of Club Care, as well as providing services to clubs across a number of different sports in the county. It's a mobile communications and payment platform for clubs to engage with their local community and deliver news, and it was the brainchild of two Claremen. One of them is Declan Murphy who's from Six Mile Bridge and he's with me now. Thanks for your time, Declan. It's been a journey for you and Clubs Zap then. How did it all get underway?
1: Yeah, so um, Josh, I suppose uh, the, the founders of the company are myself, Declan Murphy and Aidan Quilligan and we both um, reside in Six Mile Bridge born and reared and I suppose uh, it's a bit of a sport in Mecca down around there and we would have been involved in a lot of sports growing up. Uh, Ireland, I suppose, is uh, very strong. GA and... Um, after finishing playing uh, myself I would have always been involved in a voluntary role in the club Um, I have a technical background so I would have done the website and things like that worked as PRO Um, then as my kids came along I moved into coaching so would have been volunteering and seen a a lot of the headaches that volunteers have in running a club Um, and um, I suppose people have are busier lives, uh, have less time. So we, I suppose we try to, to simplify uh, the workload for volunteers by using technology to simplify things like communications and payments for the club, to streamline the workload for your treasurer, your chairperson, your PRO, your club registrar, and communication with parents, etc. as well. And I suppose it's all about growing the, the brand of your club and your local community and engaging with that community.
2: And I guess it's one thing having that idea and you mentioned that background there and, and obviously as you say Six Mile Bridge has, has such a sporting tradition dating back decades but how do you go from concept to, to bring in something like this to fruition? I, I'd imagine there's a lot of work in terms of engineering that side of the, the technical side of things there.
1: Yeah, and I suppose myself and Aidan would be technical people. Um, I I would have done computer science myself in college, and Aiden is an engineer as well. So the idea kind of set about was um, maybe fixing one issue, which was around communication. So if you take an example, the mobile device came along. People were used to getting push notifications about reminding them of when things were on. Websites were all gone mobile. But the majority of websites were clubs, for example, didn't render on a mobile device and were built for the big screen. Um, so that's what we, we just done for our own club to set about fixing it. And then we saw people were consuming content about their club, but they wanted you to tell them when the content was there, as in the push notification. And that's then came down to where the idea for the mobile app came from. Um, it, was, it was basically the highest way of engaging with people to tell them about what's going on in the club. And so it kind of evolved from there. So we would have had people that said, oh, it's great. There's hundreds of people reading about our upcoming fundraiser or our news article. It would be great if there was a button button there that they could buy the ticket for the, for the fundraiser on after they've heard about it. So then we built in a payments piece into the platform um, and then started doing things like fundraising, your summer camps, your club lotto, memberships, et cetera. So it kind of evolved from there. Um, and right now, I suppose, we're, we're at a situation where we've got clubs across 11 different sports in six different countries using the platform. Um, so making life easier for those volunteers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you a bit about that, that branching out into other sports. But dare I, dare I say, was COVID almost uh, a, a positive in the sense of your business model? Because there were clubs who, you know, were, were obviously off the field for so long, but still had, you know, certain expenses that they'd need to, to I suppose, fundraise for or to keep people in tune with, with other things when training was back on, when it was off, all that kind of thing. I, I'd say it really came into its own during that time.
1: Yes, yeah, so I suppose it was a big worry at, this, at the time for, for businesses because one of, our, one of our main things is payment processing. So obviously there's transaction fees, but clubs weren't processing things like memberships and was, the fundraisers weren't happening. But I suppose what it did, the big thing about Cova was it changed the mindset of a lot of clubs. So they moved from this uh, environment where they were taking cash or checks to a cashless environment because it became the norm to, to pay online which in turn then led to having a very simple audit trail for clubs on on accountancy practices, you know. And similarly with the the communications. So when we went back training, obviously there were strict guidelines where you needed to check who was available for training. You needed to mark attendance uh, for compliance uh, with COVID. And we we had all those features already um, on the communication suite that we had. So it was a massive benefit to clubs basically to move over and all the compliance that they needed for things like GDPR, covid compliance, digital age of consent for kids etc was already available to them uh, from the platform. So while covid was a was a was a unfortunate thing for a lot of businesses it gave us I suppose time to reinvent ourselves and we built a lot of new features and when we came out the other end of it uh clubs really embraced them, you know.
2: Yeah and you mentioned I guess the genesis of the the nature of the product obviously your own background in GA lots of local soccer clubs here in Clare would be very familiar rugby as well but tell me about that expansion internationally and into other sports then where where I guess is is the club's app mark to be found across the world now and what kind of other sports have you gone into Yeah
1: so I suppose we we started off fixing a problem for for our own club and um the, the, the thing is that the, the, the product will work across any sports, and it kind of took off and grew organically. In that, we'll say the local uh, soccer club here would have embraced it, uh, the community games use it, and then we got into the uh, Clare Camogie, uh, Clare Soccer League and then things like um, hockey clubs and rugby clubs. So obviously Dublin is the biggest market population-wise. So what we found was if we got into an area, maybe like where there was a soccer club or a GA club, it was the parents had kids involved in multiple clubs, and we were recommended then to the rugby club or the hockey club, you should look at clubs app. And what it meant was then that the parents had just one system for finding out about all the trainings for across all the different sports for all their kids, and one system for paying their membership. And I suppose that simplified the whole process and uh, that's how how clubs embraced it um then we would i suppose have a lot of clubs where there would be expats uh our recommendations to internationally so the countries we're we're obviously in the uk we've got customers across asia as well uh in in the likes of singapore um we have customers in australia uh, and the us as well so um yeah so growing organically i suppose we we don't have foot soldiers on the ground there but um i suppose digital marketing and things like that has helped spread the word
2: yeah and on that then in terms of maintaining the platform and maintaining the service what sort of work goes into that because i know we were speaking off air about the the number of staff that you have now um and it's more than 10 but i I suppose maybe people with a less technical mind than yourself might think okay it's the app it just takes care of itself but there's obviously an awful lot of work that goes on just to maintain the service and to improve it and to put in the new features as you were mentioning
1: yeah, and that's it. And I suppose look, Josh, just the success the club's app is, is how a club embraces it. So you could have a, a club with a very proactive uh, PRO or or, or uh, person in the club and the parents or the users of the app there think that it's it's a great solution, or you might have a club that has nobody to update it and it's not being used and they, they won't get the benefit as much either. So I suppose from a technical point of view, what we tried to build is all about simplicity. Okay. To, to make it simple for anybody without any technical experience to, to manage the platform. So the way it would work is a club would come along, they'd register on our platform. We'd activate the service for them and train them up. And then they hit the ground running themselves. And it's very simple, basically to publish news and simple things like a lot of clubs would have social media channels, for example. So, if you publish a news article through clubs app, a single click would update the app, your website, your Facebook, and your Twitter. So again, there's four jobs there done with a single click. And then things like reporting around membership, the the coaches getting a weekly email telling them who has and hasn't paid membership in their squad. So it's all around, I suppose, just simplifying the tasks that would have been manual tasks uh, uh, for clubs in the past. So once they get set up and running, um, basically we, we normally wouldn't hear from them uh, unless they had an issue uh, because it's, it's all through self-service themselves
2: that manage the platform. And on that note, then you're hiring as well, I understand. Tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, we are indeed. I suppose we started off with myself and Aidan and we, we went through um, the likes of uh, uh, the Leo program, the Clear Leo. Um, and then we went to Enterprise Ireland. So we got a lot of, of support yeah. Um, and then we obviously expanded the the number of clubs grew. Uh, we needed staff, so we're hiring at the moment uh, sales staff and account managers. So thankfully, we have lots of new clubs. Um, I suppose this time of the year, um, we've kind of two peaks. We'll say January, February, the a lot of GA athletics clubs uh, go back, and then you've August, September, a lot of the football clubs and rugby clubs and hockey clubs go back. So. Uh, we're in a very busy period at the moment, um, so we are on the lookout for um, salespeople or account managers or support staff even. So if anyone is interested, um, they can check out our website or send us an email on info at clubsapp.com.
2: Definitely recommend people to do that. And just lastly then, Declan, uh, I suppose we've spoken about the the journey um, that you've made up to this point and yourself and the rest of the team, but like, what's maybe the the sort of medium to long term aims is it continued expansion or uh, as you mentioned there we're maybe in a, a busier time of the year now um, January, February as, as well as August, September what's sort of the the medium to long term aim now for clubs app?
1: Yes yeah, so I suppose when we started off um the aim was just just to figure out, could we make a business out of it? I suppose everyone has a dream of having their own business and and being successful at it um, and growing it. So I suppose even in the Irish market right now, we've over 500 clubs. Uh, We'd be the biggest provider of the sports clubs in the Dublin area, which is the largest area, I suppose. We've got clubs that range from 4,000, 5,000 members right down to scouting groups, for example, with 40 or 50 members in them. So um, there is still a lot to play for here in Ireland. Um, And then obviously... um, growing the business or expanding the business further abroad, um, I suppose, would, would be the dream, you know. I suppose um, keep scaling it uh, year on year, I suppose. If we When we look at our graphs and we review, we're on an upward spiral, and, and that's, that's the reason we're hiring further staff uh, to keep it going that way
2: sounds really good and great to hear that ambition and that fire is still burning as well after all these years great stuff and um, thanks very much for sharing your story with us declan and uh, as declan said there if you are interested in any of those roles do uh, check them out and we will we'll provide the details for clubs app uh, throughout the rest of the program as well uh, declan murphy of clubs app uh, from six Mile Bridge, as you say thanks very much uh, for your time here on claire mean's business thank you josh a really interesting chap with Declan there, and a real example of if you have an idea and you back yourself, take the plunge and see how you get on. It certainly paid dividends for him and all in Clubzap. Best of luck to Declan and Clubzap going forward. And as he mentioned there, Clubzap.com, C-L-U-B-Z-A-P.com, is the place to go to find out more about those vacancies he mentioned. Now, speaking of vacancies, as I mentioned earlier, a strong but cooling jobs market is the prognosis of current employment conditions throughout ireland according to recent analysis from irishjobs.ie they've just released their latest quarterly jobs index which contains some interesting and perhaps surprising findings mary riley is content editor and social media manager with irishjobs.ie and she's with me thanks for your time mary what are some of the major findings and bullet points from this index then
0: Yeah. Just taking a kind of a a step back and looking at the the job market overall, uh, we're seeing jobs up almost a third from where they were pre-COVID. So we we break the jobs down. We look at them per quarter. So we're looking at the last three months uh, of last year and can then comparing it to the last three months of 2019 which would be like our last kind of pre-COVID year so jobs are up almost a third uh, from where they were at that time now they're down 11% year on year so compared to this time last year and they're down 13% quarter on quarter so uh, we're kind of seeing that as a as a, a, a as a sign that the job market is still really strong but it's definitely that is definitely slowing down the only thing I'd say on that in a bit of with a pinch of salt, especially particularly in the quarter on quarter fall is that we tend to see a fall in jobs in or around the Christmas time. You know, people don't kind of tend to post jobs uh, around that time because, cause, you know, because the activity kind of falls off as people celebrate Christmas yeah. and then they come roaring back. They come roaring back in January because the big January is the big month with all the New Year resolutions to change jobs. So we see them come back then. So traditionally we'd see a fall back in that quarter. So that's not, that, that didn't concern me too much. But the the, and the year on year, I guess, if you think where we were this time last year, we were still kind of coming out of that real post COVID high. So we're kind of seeing this as a kind of an adjustment in the market and a definite kind of a cooling off. But overall, still a very strong job market. Um, uh, and if you put that, if you put that uh, alongside where we are with our unemployment rates at the moment, you know, kind of we're pr- pretty much within shouting distance of full employment now. I think it's the the lowest unemployment rate we've had in 20 years. So put the number of jobs available with the number of people out of work and, it, and it's a very challenging job market for recruiters indeed.
2: What about the industry side of things if we break it down into specific sectors? Mm-hmm. Where is there a bit of growth and, and where is there a bit of drawback?
0: So we saw a kind of a Rise over the over the year-on-year figures in areas like customer service, and in health and insurance and construction and legal, and then where we saw the fallbacks, and I and I don't think there's going to be too many too much of a surprise in this. To be honest with you, um, they were kind of in the indigenous segment of the economy. So we're looking at arts and entertainment, in catering, in retail, uh, and in travel. And I would take that as a sign of that's the that's the cost of living kind of starting to trickle down. People pull back on their on their spending. It's those kind of areas that that start to see the impact of that as the jobs kind of um, start to to kind of pull back a little bit there. Um, and then in other sectors, we saw kind of fairly cautious um, small declines, but nothing that I would take as any kind of indicative of anything serious. I think it's some in some sectors there's there's an element of they just kind of they they get to the end of the year, their budgets are gone, and they and they pull back slightly on hiring, and then they start again in the new year so that we would have seen that in, in areas like accountancy and finance
2: yeah because you mentioned some of those areas there that mm. have seen maybe a bit of a decline and they're very important to us here in mm. county clare the mm. likes of travel and, and catering and that kind of thing mm. do you think mm. that the cost of living is going to continue to bite in 2023 in terms of the job market then i mean might we see it spread across to, to other industries eventually um
0: i think we'll see it kind of a bite in the the job market is people looking for jobs. We know that the salary is a big motivator for people to 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 kind of get out and look for and look for a new job, and, and that's kind of the push for a lot of people. Um, but obviously then you're running up against kind of um employers trying to manage their budgets as well. So I think that's going to be an interesting an interesting area. I mean, obviously as kind of people are watching their watching their money discretionary spend will go down. So that I think we will probably see that continue um in the job market. But but I guess you know the the big picture for us is it's still a, it's still a strong it's still a strong job, job market and it's still challenging for employers to find the right people we, we did a bit of work uh, in in Irish jobs just looking at the job market overall like the really big picture taking a step back mm. um, we we got, did our sums and, and looked at the CSO data back from 2008 um, and in 2008 when you match the CSO jobs with the number of people available we worked out there were 60 people available for every job advertised now where we are now that's down to three three people per job so that's how hard it is to find people for the for for work at the moment
2: it's really an so employees it is, it, market it, then mary
0: yes yeah very much very much so very much so and in fact it's one of those things it's kind of changed in a way how you know how uh, employers will recruit and what they're looking at what they're prioritizing because what your what employers are having to do now is uh, is attract um, people from other employers um so that then means that they're looking at their talent You know, what are they offering people? What are their salaries? Uh, What are their flexible working, which has become hugely important to people now? Um, uh, What are their benefits? And also looking at at their candidate experience, you know, how they treat people during the recruitment process really matters to people as well. So it's a very different type of of job market. And to be honest with you, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Unemployment. the unemployment rate is predicted to go up slightly. Uh, the ESRI said it, it would go up to about maybe under 5%, but they didn't expect it to go over that. And that's still a very low employment unemployment rate. So I think that trend towards p- employers looking at what they can offer to people um, is going to stay with us um, for, the, for the foreseeable future, for sure.
2: And things like flexible, remote, hybrid working options, I would imagine are right up there. I've seen a number of different reports which suggest that maybe people are looking at that aspect of things as much as they would a salary. I mean, is that kind of what you've been seeing now?
0: Yes, yes, very very much so. What's really interesting is that we've seen fully remote jobs uh, fall back and they've fallen for the last two quarters. So, you know, in quarter three and quarter four, they fell back. In fact, they fell by 20% um, in our latest job index. They're fully remote working and that's one to watch because I think that might be a COVID hangover and I don't think they're going to, they're not going to disappear, but but they haven't found their level yet in the kind of post-COVID, post-COVID world. But we are seeing hybrid, um, hybrid working, I think, is is here to stay. And we're seeing it kind of uh, filter through in uh, job descriptions um, on Irish jobs. And, and it's just part of the negotiation package. And I think what people are doing, are, you know, if salary if salary increases are challenging, um, they're looking at how they can um, save money on, on commuting and on costs that way. So hybrid has become really important to people, yeah, for sure.
2: Just in terms of County Clare, I, I don't know if you have any uh, mm. county specifics um, in, in terms of county-wide increases or decreases in terms of vacancies.
0: Yeah, I, can I, you're following the kind of national trend. In fact, you're probably better than the national trend in terms of pre-COVID because you've got jobs up 85%, which is 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 amazing to see and fantastic to see um, down year on year 22% and down 16% quarter on quarter again with that caveat around you know that kind of you know like traditional fall back from from between the the, the two quarters at the end of the year um, but the big drivers for your jobs uh, over the last while are, are, are logistics and science which I don't I don't think should come as any surprise to you to be honest with you um, given the kind of the, the the caliber of companies that are in you know operating in Clare so, you know, at the moment on Irish jobs, you have people like uh, Mirakex, uh, the gene therapy company, and they've got 11 jobs live at the moment mm-hmm. with us. Um, and then you have people like um, Ify um, with nine jobs live. And, and, you know, they're all, they're high quality jobs um, in the science area. And then, you know, over the course of the year, you had DHL recruiting and you have Lufthansa re- recruiting as well um, at the moment. So very high quality jobs um, in Clare. And then layer in. On top of that, then you have um, the hospitality jobs. Dr. Moland was was recruiting this year. Um, you've picked up a lot of jobs with Aldi's expansion, and then Three Ireland were recruiting as well. So there's a good range of jobs. But the the kind of the the star and the crown is definitely for for Claire at the logistics and science jobs. They're really powerful for you guys.
2: Absolutely, and as you say, probably unsurprising. Mm. Quite a few familiar names that mm. you've listed with us there. But mm. um, we'll be uh, yeah. interested maybe to come back to you in a few months' time and see what the the first few months of this. Year has brought, but for now, um, really interesting stuff. And, and thanks very much for your time, uh, Mary Riley of IrishJobs.ie. Thanks for speaking with us on Clear Means Business. A fluid and ever changing jobs market seems to be the message for 2023, and it's certainly interesting in the sense that many industries we were talking about as growing and being positive about that's maybe changing slightly now, and of course, vice versa for other sectors that had been in difficulty too flexibility certainly seems to be the name of the game in the jobs market going forward. For now, though, I hope you've enjoyed the last 20 minutes or so, but time's unfortunately beaten us once again here on Clare Means Business for this week. Do tune back our way next Friday for more of your latest business news and profiles from across the county. But for now, stay safe and enjoy your weekend.
1: You've been listening to an exclusive Claire FM podcast presented by Josh Prenderville. Log on each week to hear Claire Means Business.